Welcome back to the Beers and Cheers podcast, episode three. John and I are both back from watching the boys in Austin. Unfortunately, coming up one point short and a missed safety, very short. Mm. I've taken down the number one Alabama Crimson Tide. It was a great weekend other than the game. We'll get into that. There's some few uh, non-football stuff that we'll uh, talk about. But, John? No, I, I, I would say great weekend. Shout out Cole McDonald for fun dinner on Friday night. Never heard of that place. Kind of sounded a little weak when I saw the name, but it was really good. The pasta uh, wasn't spicy enough. Uh, still still struggling from that. Shout out to the wreck for saving me Saturday morning. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, that was fun. Great time. West 6 was crowded, as expected, on Friday night. Um at first, wandering around Saturday, I didn't really feel like there was that many Bama fans. No. And, like, and then I got in the oh. and after. I didn't think there were that many. No, they were there. They were up uh, west side up top, like east side corner. They were – I mean, I I feel like there was a lot more, like, grown-up Alabama fans uh, than, like, drunk Alabama students. Which yes, I we had of, four pledges behind us, and they were, like, silent the entire game. Yeah, I mean uh, – Bama pledges. I mean, yeah, yeah, no, I, I think it was. Uh, I mean, I, I was in a nice area of the stadium, so I didn't have any issues with Bama fans. But I mean, I think they traveled well. But no, overall, great weekend. If it could have been like three weeks later, it would have been nice because it was absolutely hot. <laughs> yeah, it was a little steamy that second quarter. Like, I ate a huge breakfast, had a breakfast taco. Shout out the Riverside Tailgate and Panda. Um, had a breakfast taco there, and then you know. Got in the stadium that was at like 10. So the last thing I ate was at like 10. Come like 12:31, like right after halftime, I was like, oh boy, water is not gonna help me out here. I need something yeah. else. Yeah. So shout out uh Cynthia Jekovic for getting me some peanuts. Uh shout out to John Sr. If you're listening, thank you for the Texas Exodus Legends room Ooh. passes at halftime. Unbelievable. Like, yeah, air conditioned, Good food spread. was disgusting, but it's okay. <laughs> I mean, it was, I, it was. Where good. is that? Um, when you go across the street, it's right behind that, like, that horse statue. Oh, uh, oh, the like real Texas Exes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I guess oh, like, you, so you, you left the stadium. Yeah, so you leave and you, you know, you, you, uh, you just pull your phone out again and like it, it recognizes that you left and you can come right, back. Right. So. Oh damn. Um, that that I, I'm right there with you in the second quarter, um, especially after the deflating injury. Like I started feeling it and i was like okay this is going to be really hot to sit through halftime and two more quarters and thankfully he pulled those little passes out got some water got some air conditioning uh <laughs> watched the first possession for both teams of the second half in there and then made my way Uh-oh. back in. that's 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 where you do it because it's not worth it to rush back no it was, everybody's doing the same thing so right. uh but yeah shout out to him but yeah it was it was a toasty game, man. That was uh, that was up there for some of the hotter OU games I think I've ever been to. So yeah, it, it definitely was. Um, few other shout outs. Shout out uh, to Kate's cousins, to be cousin in laws, uh, Ben and Shelby Barnes. They we had their baby shower on Friday at this cool old uh, recording studio called Arlen Studios. It was super badass. Um, that was fun. And then uh, shout out Michelle. Nash and Billy Bedillion to be Michelle Bedillion. They had another wedding shower Saturday night at a freaking awesome 
house in Terrytown. That was a super great time. And then great tequila too. Great tequila, and then finished the weekend at um, the Deep Eddy. So I mean, probably one of the more ideal Austin weekends, other than the devastating heart wrenching loss that we will get into. But first, John, beer of the week. Yeah, beer of the week coming out of San Antonio, um, of course, playing UTSA. Uh, both Stuart and I had the same comment prior to this podcast of, okay, let's think of a San Antonio brewery, and we both thought of Free Tail, uh, which I believe we did a beer We've from done them. every year. No, we, we, we kind of skipped a couple of years of doing beers, but That's true. we're going to stay committed this year. But anywho, in light of where I'm heading tomorrow, I'm going to go with the Hill Country Honey Blonde. Ooh. Uh, is a blonde ale, full-bodied, yet easy-to-drink ale mm. brewed with Texas wildflower, and there's too much more to say, but sounds like a good little beer. 16-ounce uh, draft is $6. Go get yourself a Hill Country Honey Blonde. Shout-out to Will Wilder if you're listening for Bachelor Party this weekend in the Hill Country. All right, let's do this one last time. We all know you've heard, talked to your coworkers about 300 times, and, oh, did you see that one? Play? Okay, we're going to do it one last time, and then we're done. We're moving on. I've I've never talked about a game no more. Never. I uh, thought last year OU, no, nothing compared to this. Lucy's here. Lucy, uh, I've I got to the point where I Lucy. put AirPods in and acted like I was on call <laughs> in the afternoon because every single person, but everyone wanted to talk about it. You know what I mean? It was yes. like it was everyone from true passionate Texas fans to non-texas fan you know baylor a&m guys in the in the uh, office to random secretaries who said like oh my husband was watching that game I mean, it was just everybody talked about it like it was a like a super bowl it was unbelievable from a non-football standpoint or i guess football adjacent standpoint uh when the numbers came out of what fox did uh yeah the 11 a.m games fox like if they have the opportunity to they have control over a big game and what time they're going to be at. It's going to stay at 11 if it's on Fox. Unfortunately, they pulled out some numbies and it was the most streamed college football game yeah. of all time. I that's don't know. kind of that, a, a little asterisk next to yeah, that. That's kind of like, you know, 65th team in the NCAA tournament. But I did the numbers, though, the numbers were crazy. I mean, just if you actually forget, like, you being in a certain category of most something, but just looking at that number, that is unbelievable and to think about you know call it mid second quarter when the west coast is waking up or yeah. maybe the third quarter when everyone started realizing okay there's actually a chance here when it peaked i think it was like 2 30 central time i mean that, that is a lot of people watching a, <laughs> a 10.6 million people watching average 10.6 and peaked at 15.1 viewers that's the fourth most watched regular season College football game on in Fox history. Yeah, I mean, it. You know, we all complained about the 11 a.m. Um, it, it's not going up, anywhere. It ended up being as hot as we all expected, but they they made their bread by choosing the game when they did. And yeah, they were rewarded for it being a great game. Yep. And well, I say like it's not going anywhere. It's actually going. It's going. It's staying there. We're just not staying there. So luckily, once the move to the SEC happens. We'll have ESPN and ABC, but oh, a little nugget on that today. Did you see OU and Georgia? Do you see that? Yeah, I can't. I can't help but think they're going to continue to do these little teasers. Georgia, the SEC told Georgia to cancel its game with OU next year, like, and Tennessee. 
I'm still going to hold true to my 2024 first games, but um, we're starting to see a few more rays of light about it being 2023. So yeah. well, I don't know what that means for us going into our redemption next year. I would really like to be able to go over there and play. Yeah, that's the other thing is people were like, well, why didn't they cancel Texas Bama? So I don't know. Speaking of Texas Bama, um, let's dive in. Let's start with the defense this year, this week. They deserve wow. to go first. Okay. Yeah, I mean uh, – not going to lie, after possession number two, I was like, well, this is kind of what I expected from our defense. And then greatness happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, just absolutely blew my socks off, kept kept the game, kept us in the game. Uh, at points of the time, I was like, these guys are going to have to create a turnover to win the game. Yep. Um, unfortunately, and they did not. No, but they still didn't have to. But they did not have to. But, it, yeah, it, it – hats off to uh, – Coach Kwiatkowski and Gary, of course, you can't just say Gary, but we all know who's really kind of behind it. Uh, Gary had his towel out, wiping his head. Shout out to John <laughs> Walters talking to him after the game and what his thoughts were on Gary and his involvement. But, man, unbelievable. You know, forget the broken play where uh, McClellan went out on the outside and got a touchdown. It's just, I mean, truly imp- impressed. And that's like one of the things that I kept hearing on Monday was like, wow, Texas has a defense. So. Yeah. That was the first time I've actually heard that in a long time. Yeah, it felt good. That D-line play in the second and third quarter was just unbelievable. It was one thing to watch them in the second quarter. You know, you have a few bad penalties that kind of keep them in it, and then Jalen Ford gets that sack, and, you know, then big, big singular plays, but it was all pretty much driven by the defensive line being able to manhandle their offensive line and get a pass rush without too much blitzing. I mean – Sorrell, OV played great all all day. Um, and then D tackles were rotating. But between Tavondre and Coburn and uh, Ojimo, Broughton, Collins, they all played so well. I, I haven't seen anything like that in a while. Like we have a legitimate two first team D line ready to roll at all times. Yeah. No, Coburn finally got himself some attention. Um, kind of fell asleep for two two years there, but I mean, unbelievable game. But I was impressed also by, in general, the defense, but more specifically the defensive line, I mean, and the defensive backs, but just clean, very, like, no no yep. penalties uh, that were, I mean, huge. Um, and I mean, obviously, we can compare that to all Alabama's mistakes, but, I mean, they just had – they played a very, very clean game. Yep. Byron Murphy, too, also played lights out. They, I mean, that was so much fun to watch. Um, going – I, Jalen Ford was all over the place. That blitz sack, he just kind of timed perfectly. And I know he didn't get touched. It was more of a screw up on Bama's end, but whatever. He tackled Bryce Young up, who, as we saw later in the game, was pretty slippery and was definitely, you know, probably the best player on the field. And he didn't look like it, you know, for a while. And that's a big part. I think OV, I mean, DeMarvion played well in coverage and coming off the edge. You know, he does so much. It's hard to like single out what his best what he's best at i honestly don't think it's him coming off the edge um i i think he's just such a tweener of a back but he played well in coverage him and ford were still wrapping up and tackling though well i didn't see much of dtd i know he had a couple on the stat sheet but uh jalen ford he definitely saw his name not on the stat sheet last week and came back and had 10 t- total sack or tackles six solo one sack two TF- tfls that's a great effort by a kid that, you know, has kind of gotten better every week since what 
you know, beginning of November last year, I, I'm really excited to see where he's looking like at the end of this year and going into next year. I don't know if it was him. I, I, I missed the number when, when it was live and when I watched the cut-up version of the game. Um, fourth and three play, I think it was a pass over the middle, kind of headed over to the right hash. Um, or whoever it wasn't Demo, but it was like, oh God, who it was? I think it was DTD had a chance to pick up, pick it off, and he was gonna house it. It's like if you rewatch it, the guy like lifts his arms up, but like doesn't jump. It was the weirdest mm. thing. Um, but anyway, I think it was him because it was, it definitely wasn't Marvion and it wasn't uh, um, forward so it had to have been dtd right i mean there's no one else that played linebacker right? yeah, bush played a little bit but i okay, think it wasn't him it was a black guy so <laughs> oh god um <laughs> yeah I, and moving moving to the secondary let's start with corners i think that was kind of the the easy office talk quote of the day is you know J- jameson going out dropping the interception and getting hurt on the same play um just uh, overall there was probably about 12 singular plays that changed the outcome of this game, both, both sides, Texas and yeah. Alabama. And that's definitely one of them. I, I will say I'll give Austin Jordan. I think he's a true freshman. Number four who came in because Jameer Johnson was kind of get he Jameer Johnson, I think initially came in and Austin so, Jordan started coming in towards the end as Watts started to get tired and, you know, corners just get tired. And yeah. He played pretty damn well. So Johnson came in for uh, Jamison, obviously, and right. he, he kind of held his own. Uh, Ryan Watts got hurt on a kickoff and had to, uh, mm. and so Jordan had to That's come right. in um, out of nowhere. And I was like, "Who the hell is was this number thirty? No, four. no, he's four. Four. And then uh, Jameer Johnson's what? Thirty one. Thirty one. Yeah. Okay. So you, they were both out there. And you're like, "Who the heck are these guys?" Yeah. And, they thankfully Ryan Watts ended up coming back in yeah. and unfortunately missed what would have been the game winning tackle, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, yeah, I just very impressed with their play being able to step up in the moment. They were probably deer in the headlights going off against uh, uh, Jesus Bryce Young, but it was just great to see them play. But Jameson's got to make that play, man. I'm sorry, like you, you like you yeah. got to make that play and let alone don't, don't how, how do you make miss it and then also get hurt. Yeah, I mean, like what? The the hurt wasn't. I mean, the guy fell on him weird. You know, they're they're fighting for the ball, but yeah, that was just such a double whammy. It looks like he'll be back this week, which is huge. But still, he's got. He's he's a fifth five year guy. He's got to make that catch. Like you got to just. I mean, that's why he's on defense. But I mean, you got to make it. But yeah, Ryan Watts. I guess let's talk about him real quick. I thought he played great, other than the tackle at the end. I mean, he was on an island the whole day. I just another kind of overall comment. Bama's receivers are not the Bama's receivers of, of late. There's not one guy on that team that I was scared about. I mean, that Kobe Prentice going into the game, I'd watched some plays. I was like, damn, okay, he can turn it on. No, nothing. I, no. I, he had he had four catches, but 27 yards. There was a few drop passes, too, that um, yeah. receiver core would, would make. There was a, uh, a missed route where he should have stopped in the zone. There was a few – on third down where receivers either dropped or made a mental mistake. So right. I agree. Um, Ryan Watts, though, this is week number two. I'm just going to praise a guy. I mean, just 
great press coverage. Um, he's always there on run plays too. I mean, he's yes. just he's all over the place. Yes. Um, One of my favorite plays of him, I think it was in the second quarter. He, the it, Bama offense is kind of starting to sputter and you can kind of feel it. And they, you know, they have trips to one side with a, a receiver on the, you know, on the boundary side that he's, you know, in his face, ready to go and running backs to the right of Bryce Young. So on the shorts, on the, short side handoff you know they motion the single receiver to the trip side and watts you know immediately signals it and for i don't know how many times we've seen this in the past couple of years but as soon as that boundary corner doesn't have a guy in front of him he just kind of lollygags and gets in the middle doesn't gets kind of blocked and then the running back cuts it up back up the boundary and it's to the houses or someone luckily makes a safety makes a 10-yard tackle no. Okay. The hit zone left, hand it off. It's not there because our D line's playing fucking great. Running back tries to cut it back to the right, and Watts is right there for a yeah. very easy tackle. Or, I mean, not an easy tackle, but a great tackle, great wrap up the whole nine. I think that uh, it wasn't a tackle for a loss, but it was pretty damn close. I mean, the running back may have gotten a yard on it. It's yeah. little plays like that that you're like, okay, yes, you've obviously been coached at a better program than ours. A, B, you're huge and you're using your size to advantage. And, three he is i don't know just a a football football iq that is higher than most corners and there's that's a reason why he's on the boundary by himself like every play so great design on the play um we were all just devastated about he's got to make that tackle i don't care who he's facing but i mean would you call it more of a houdini act or a missed tackle houdini act I, I don't know, man. He freaking – he could have broke down a little. I mean, I, I, God, he just – He came in hot. He came in way too hot. And it reminded me so much of the perfectly executed OU safety on Sam Ellinger in 2018 yep. um, to win the Big 12 championship. It just – you got to make that play. Like, forget all the other penalties and missed field goals. Like, that that, that at 32 seconds gets us down to 20 seconds. They're, they're, they're behind the chains at that point, and it's a game over. I th- Maybe not game over, but at least it makes That's the other thing is, yeah, you'd like to think it's game over, but you still got to remember, like, at that point, how many passes has he completed in a row? How many first downs have they picked up? Like, they are – he is feeling it. He is in the zone. And they still have a timeout left. So, they they could have called timeout there, and it's not – yeah, I agree with you. The game's probably it, it but, would have made a much, a much more challenging uh, final correct. few plays rather than just kind of rushing in position. Correct, correct. I don't know. Yes. I, I think, yeah, he misses the tackle, but we're not in that game without him. So I'm going to give him the plus. Last thing on the DBs. Um, do we have a section on penalties later on that we want to talk? Let's add that. I want to talk about on who. Just, us or just well, not on defense, just in general. Like I want to just so we don't like do like offense and defense. Well, we could like talk about the penalties in general. But okay, uh, defense. Uh, oh, D backs. First possession, extremely concerning. Anthony Cook missed that. Uh, yes. That screen pass. No, uh, that that was Gilbo. Okay, that was Gilbo. But then it was uh, the second play after that. Um, no, no, no. Gilbo was out to the right. Okay, whatever. It doesn't matter. There was like two or three on that first possession. Where it was like oh, Gilbo God, was the bad one. Yes, and he like had his head down and completely yes. missed. The other one was, I'm pretty sure Anthony Cook like ran into the blocker instead of trying to at least make the tackle. But anywho, it looked 
so eerily similar to what we were used to in terms of D-back play. Mm-hmm. But after that first possession, they settled uh, down. It was like those guys were everywhere and they were on they were gang tackling. It was just like awesome. And I yeah. we haven't seen that t- type of passion. And I hope they're able to carry that on into I think so, man. other games and, and are at least invested because that was the most active D-back play I've seen. And I guess last thing on them is Jaron Thompson hits so hard. Yeah, he does. He, he he's head hunts head hunts. He he knocked out McClellan for McClellan. That, that one possession. Yep. Um uh, a clean hit. Yeah. And it was like they both got to the hole at the same time and he knocked yep. him right in the chest. Um and then he got another one later on that was kind of like underrated as well. But that guy hits hard. So very I would say, yeah, you're you're kind of like uh excited about the D line. I the D backs to play a clean game. Granted the the flags were kind of stuck in the pocket for any sort of passing interference, but the D-backs played a clean game, gang tackling, and we're all over the field. Like, I, I praise them more than any group on the uh, defensive side. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, yeah. No, I think going back to Ryan Watts, I think he allows him having that one-on-one ability allows guys like Jaron to be able to make those big hits because he doesn't have to worry about going something getting over the top of him. Yeah. Um, now, granted – they're again the receivers were not on sync with Bryce, but it's still the Heisman Trophy quarterback. But I I, I agree the D backs have really showed some some unbelievable plays. I think everyone's I think the easy critique on them is like, well, they don't have any picks, so you know we played you know whatever. Okay, I get that, but you held the Heisman Trophy quarterback, reigning Heisman Trophy quarterback, to two hundred and thirteen yards. Dude, like, like, take out the last two possessions. I know you're not supposed to, like, chop it up like that. But going into the fourth, I'm pretty sure they had less than, like, 180 yards. I believe that. Oh, yeah, yeah, and Easy. They had, they had shut shut Bryce down. Bill O'Brien was lost. Imagine that. Uh, <laughs> Were you all just sitting there like, I fucking told you. Yeah, I told the guy next to me. He was a lawyer from Houston. I was like, Bill O'Brien's really got to figure this one out. Like, Bryce Young had 40 yards on the last um, their last possession. And he had 35 yards on the possession before that. Yeah, so 35, take it to 150. I mean, yeah. it's just, I mean, five for 15 on third down efficiency by Bama. I mean, they, they just, they got off the field. Unfortunately, when it came down to crunch time, the better team made plays. I mean, yep. they just, they just did I, ultimately like, well, that'll be my closing statements, I guess, but they just, they made plays on third and fourth down on those last two possessions that, they made better calls and they made they had better athletes and they made a play. So uh, twenty sucks. points though against Bryce, PK and Patterson, you know, and I'll I'll give um, what's Gideon. I mean, he's the guy's he's the one coaching these D backs. They looked way more calm, way more under pressure, way like just a way different looking defense. I should tell myself it's all Gary. I know everyone. I think everyone's going to be praising him. I, he might be. I think he has so much to do with that game, just because he had all summer to scheme and scout and that type of stuff. But the whole defensive coaching staff deserves a lot of credit for that game. I'm so excited to watch this defense for the rest of the year. I, it, I haven't seen a big. I haven't watched too much Big Twelve, but I've yet to see one team that has like a quarterback A and B an O line that we cannot just absolutely ransack. So use this game as encouragement, and please just go tear everyone else up. 
Well, they've kind of they've set the benchmark, right? They they've now yeah. set the expectation of what we want. I mean, like what Sark said on Monday. So, yep. pretty high uh, high praises coming from you there. That I don't, I don't. I mean, I don't think this is. Uh, or excuse me. I I know this is a huge improvement from what we had, but that team was playing. That defense was playing up to the competition. So let's For sure. hold the horn. But let's uh, flip to the other side. We kind of rambled there on defense. Yeah, offense struggled. But worst possible outcome with Quinn playing so well that that first out route to Xavier was the sexiest thing I've ever seen in my life. Xavier literally didn't have to move his arms, didn't have to move his arm, barely had to move his wrists to get the ball into his hands. And Quinn looked like he was like lobbing a five yard pitch. It came out of his arm perfectly. He was rolling to the right and felt it right as his foot came down. I mean, it was unbelievable how well that looked. The The timing of that pass was clutch to being like right after a penalty, but I was most impressed when he like flicked the pass. It's probably going eight or nine yards, but to Jordan, it was like a little weird flick that just, it wasn't his natural throwing arm, uh, I guess, throwing whatever I'm trying to say. You don't need, thank you. Uh, and he <laughs> just like hit Jordan right on the numbers. It was just like so pretty. Uh yeah, I mean, I, I guess what, I mean, I mean if Xavier's no one yard longer on that catch, and that's a touchdown, yeah, he doesn't get hurt. There's a, there, there's, there's no other word other than deja vu, man. That was uh, so unfortunate to see that happen, and and such a big moment for a kid. You know, forget all of our frustrations about losing like that. That he's been looking forward to that since probably the day or before he committed back to Texas, uh, maybe even, you know, that moment since he was a kid and to have it taken away like that is, it's just, it's horrible. Uh, I hope, I hope he's four to six weeks. I hope it's just that I'm not like really too optimistic there, but um, the most, the biggest thing with him is that he was just, he was like having so much fun out there. It was awesome. Yeah. He really looked like he was enjoying it, but staying calm, it just such a bummer, but why, why, why put him in that position though? Why, like, why bootleg on second and one or whatever it was on the one yard line? I don't know. I think our O line had been blocking fairly well. And I, I don't hate the play call. I really don't. But he should know, he should be smart enough to know to get rid of that ball way quicker and B should know how to come down a little easier. Yeah. I would say more of the latter. He, just crumble. Yeah, he didn't get really a chance. Like, land on your back, honestly. Right. <laughs> uh, I, the, the, he really turned around and the guy was in his face. I don't know if he really had time, but it, it – He didn't. He kind of, like, did, like, a 180 and then – or a 270, whatever the extra 90 degrees is, and just that could not have been Lucy. a worse spot. I mean, he – I'll be honest, sorry to everyone that sat around me, but I let out so many bad words when he <laughs> went down because I knew exactly what had happened. Everyone was looking like, what's wrong with you? I was like, it's happening it's again. Gone. It's gone. Well, I've it's, seen this before. It's happening again. And That's and I, Marcel Darius. I mean, just unbelievable. But, I mean, he – like the, the the balls he was throwing, the confidence he had, the the the, the, the scheme coming out in the first two possessions, Oof. they were just like – I had Oof. a headache trying to watch everybody run around. Yeah, that was like I have a conniption fit every single play. But it was working, so I didn't care. Yeah, I mean, it was just unbelievable. I mean, I 
Shout out to Quinn. Hope, hopefully he comes back. But that, that kid deserved to play in that game and lead us to a win because I will say this right now, without a doubt, we win that game with him in the game. I agree. Um, I heard a few quotes that have not been publicly really stated. I, he definitely wanted to get back in there. He might have told a trainer to shoot him up and get him back out on the fucking field, quote unquote. I, I he'll be back by OU. I'm just I'm not believing I'm not believing otherwise until I am at the Cotton Bowl and he doesn't try it out there. Yeah, I mean he uh it'd be a great game to come back for. I mean he uh Yeah. He likes to I mean he's from that area too, so that'd be yep. big for him. But I think uh it would have been great if he would have come back on the field and Oh uh, my god won the game it would have been unreal that yeah. cheer would have been stupid uh, all right i got i got a question for you <clears throat> are you more confident that we win that game with quinn than the national championship with colt or vice versa this game with quinn i agree i think there was it was too early with colt like we had all the momentum but things could have changed like we had bama in week two like kind of just unprepared kind of doubting themselves at that point with him, another two or three possessions, I think we would have been up like 24-13 or 24-16, and it just would have been a totally different game for both him and Bijan. So, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, give Card some credit. Played through, had the tenacity, ankle injury be damned. He was throwing the ball decently well. I wouldn't say great, but decent. Well enough to keep us in the game for damn sure. I mean, if he if – he, we somehow pulled that game out for whatever reason. That second and 19 scramble with him <laughs> limping down the sideline would have been just an iconic play that I think a lot of people would have never forgotten. But call that one a three, a three-legged dog. That one was God. That was ugly to watch. Um, but uh, I think this was like his tryout for wherever he wants to transfer next year <laughs> yeah you're probably right honestly i mean that throw to Bijan on the wheel route was a great ball he had a couple oh, yeah. good balls to whittington i mean he didn't he didn't play bad like he didn't try to there wasn't there was one ball that like could have been picked off and that was about that deep he launched one to yeah uh i think it was xavier it was xavier and the guy tugged on his shirt just like he did for every other play uh yeah i i, I mean card was there was never a quarterback battle for sure. There's no way. No, he, no. The, it just yeah. it besides it saying that there was a battle, like shut up. Yeah, no way. He, he just struggled to to really. I mean, okay. Shout out to Wade. I'm sorry that took so long, but he made a good <laughs> point. Thirty minutes. Our drive home, or his our various drives home. But he was saying like the key for Card was that last possession of the first half getting him a chance to just kind of air it out with no consequences, being that there was only, you know, less than a minute left. There was really no consequences if he throws a pick. Uh That, I think, was the difference maker to at least give him a chance, even though we went with two, three and outs right out of the gates of the second half. But (laughs) that did, at least, like you said, that ball to Bijan, throwing it out, getting a few flags, kind of like moving the offense was was key for him because it – man, it was a struggle. And you could tell this offense was very much limited with him in there. Yeah, and I just you can never get the big giant chunk play other than the Bijan throw. They're just it wasn't there. Um, when did he get hurt? I don't know. <laughs> I, I have no. I watched the rewatch it, and I I can't tell. Like I know he got a good pop on one of his you know broken plays where like 
10 guys hit him at the same time, but I don't remember anything ever. I mean, he got sacked one time, but maybe it looked like an ankle, but I remember him like running around and Ashley texted me that card is hurt. I was like, Oh Jesus. No, I'm <laughs> Charles right. Here we Don't go. tell me that. <laughs> uh, Bijan did not have his best stuff. Go ahead. Go ahead. Bijan did not have his best stuff, but he was still running through. I mean, at least a, one guy, if not two, every single play. They were – if you're a poor tackling team, you were going to have a rough day with him. He has gotten so much – he already had great balance and tough to bring down, low center gravity, what do you want to call it? And it, he's he's gotten so much better from that. Um, I, I'm ex- just ex- – him out of the backfield, it makes me excited. You know, uh, yeah, without a doubt. He, he had 21 carries. He had – he was a second-leading receiver. I mean – it's weird because I feel like he didn't have that good of a game. And then, like, you look at the stats, and it's like, whoa, he actually, I mean, 67 yards running and oh, it's a, no, 57. I'm sorry. But and then 73 through the air. I mean, yeah. Like, he still had a decent game, but man, he just could never get anything going on in the, in the running game because, I mean, they just had so many guys stacked in the box. Um, right, but right. you know what? I hope he's okay because, you know, I hope he just, gets to play all games this year and at least gets a chance to go to New York because that guy, he deserves it. And unfortunately this was a big coming out party that, that unfortunately didn't go too well. So Roshan, good day blocking and a couple good scheme plays. Keelan, I thought played well towards the end, um, providing a little bit of like a change up. Yes. The face mask. We all saw it. Not, that one ref did not, but whatever. I thought he played well coming in late and, you know, kind of getting the tap on the shoulder and saying, Hey, we need, we need some new blood. We need some new speed. Get out there um, against a former team, if it is. So, I thought it was a good day from the running backs. They did as best they could. I mean, O-line moving to them, they had a rough day against the run. Really rough day against the run. I saw Banks get bitched by Anderson a few times. Hudson definitely showed that he's a true freshman. Majors really did not play well uh, against the run. I, I, he's just too small. I, I see why Angelau – was probably going to start over him and I it makes me really really sick about that injury even more because if he was if he's the starting center I mean that's another what four or five inches and another 30 40 pounds that you have that makes a difference especially against a team like that now their D-line didn't have their best stuff but those are still some big boys and that true freshman for their god what's that guy's name he was freaking beast um regardless I the lack of run blocking with the running backs that we have is definitely going to be a pain point that we're going to see throughout the season. And even more so if Quinn is not back in however many games, I don't know. If there's no threat downfield, sorry, there are plenty of threats downfield, but uh, if there's no threat to get it to those guys, they're just going to be keying on the running back all day. Um, So what's the answer to that? Jatavion Sanders. (laughs) I mean, I, I thought Carrick coming in and playing that second tight end and Jatavion and then the scheme play action where the guard slides over and they double, you know, they double the end on one side, then the if they double the left end, then the left guard slides over on a, you know, PA power or whatever, and then he's doubling the right end. It just kind of makes sense, and Sark schemed it up well, but I thought the pass blocking – even without the play action, just the pure dropbacks was way better than the run blocking. I thought Banks looked great in pass blocking. Um, I can't think of one true sack by Anderson on Banks, at least, where he didn't just, you know, 
it wasn't a blitz or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm struggling to think of one as well. I mean, that uh, the the lack of rush uh, ability kind of overshadows any sort of positives from the offensive line. Honestly, it was it was rough, but they were playing like the best defense they're probably going to see all year. Hopefully, hopefully. I mean, yeah, I guess the Big Twelve we haven't figured out um, really who's the the best defense coming in. You know that we still have yet to play, but I think it might be. Um, I, I thought Whittington had a very good day being that safety valve. I, he is bigger. He is way bigger than last year. I know he's hurt and we didn't see him much last year, but damn, he's he's tough and does not go yeah. down. He's pretty thick now. Um, he is, man. He looks kind like of tied away there towards the end, unfortunately. Just kind of, I don't know if that was a, a, a factor of his routes weren't open due to Hudson's uh, inability to take it deep. So they're able to kind of key on Jordan. Um, but yeah, Jordan uh, to come out of the gates was awesome. Sorry, what the hell? Um, yeah, and then Worthy gonna Worthy. He should have had two touchdowns, but still like kept us in the game. I mean, he that first ball where he just like stopped running and luckily didn't look up, so the DB didn't look up and try to find the ball. Yeah, that was weird. That, I mean, that's an easy pick if the DB looks up and finds the ball. Like, no, no question. I don't know what the hell. He's just kind of lazy, I guess. I, I, very odd. And then, you know. I've, I haven't seen us, though, like in a while. Like, anytime a ball – I mean, you, you can tell when – like, just if you go to close your eyes and just listen when a ball is going deep to him because it's like a solid four seconds of just, like, everyone yelling and going crazy. <laughs> and he's going to get there. Uh, he may yeah. not catch it, but he's going to get there. Uh, Casey Kane had a good defensive PI call to get him against him, and that's pretty much our offense. Uh, I can't think of anyone else that I really – Jatavion. Yeah, Jatavion. I mean, he's going to be a good factor all year. He's going to get his, like, design touches, you know, in the first possession and then kind of fall into the into the motion of the game after that. But he's, he's just a big dude, and I like I, him. I mean, talk about another big miss, play of the game, whatever. The first drive. That last that third down, that is pass interference. The corner is staring oh, save, into save it, save it, save it, save it. No, let's talk about it now. I mean Okay. I mean, I, the penalties were terrible, both sides. That's they weren't stolen passing interference, so they just weren't. I mean, they still called like three against them. I know, but they weren't in that they were letting them play at the start. It was a passing interference, we know, but it's just and we were kind of hoping for it because we needed a fresh set of downs within that. Within the red within zone, one so. yard line. <laughs> that was so bad, but yeah, that that was passing interference. He, but he played a great game. He's going to be a factor all year. I like him a lot. Yeah, he's he's an absolute freak. Um, I I don't know. I offense in general. I just I think Sark's proven how well of a play caller can be. How much of a magician. It just looks so different each time. Uh. It seems to be it doesn't matter really who's at quarterback. It'll still you'll still be able to get something, but is it enough to win eight games, eight more, eight plus games? You know, what if what about the next few games you're with card or right? Also, I'm hearing that it's card, um, which will be interesting. But how do you feel That's about good. this offense with yours back by OU and healthy the rest of the year? I, I don't know. I think he definitely showed that like he's the offensive minded coach that we needed for quarterbacks like Quinn and Arch, and then you can just recruit the talent around that. 
So that gives me comfort against a defense like this, but fuck, we should have won that game. (laughs) Yeah, no, this has been good. I needed to, needed to talk about it again, but I, yeah, it hurts, man. It hurts to, uh, I'm tired of, of walking out of DKR with that feeling of, man, like we had that one or, hey, we gave it away. But that one was uh, – of all, man, that one that one hurts the most because it was a, a true opportunity. Um, I think the university did a great job. I mean, that was an unbelievable game atmosphere. I think the flyover, all the music, I mean, it just was an awesome experience for everyone that was able or fortunate enough to – Love to, the Hells Bells coming out. Love yeah, that. I mean, everyone that was fortunate enough to be able to make it to the game. And it was a – I think something that I'll never forget for sure, even though we lost, but it would have been pretty sweet to win that game. Um, One complaint. uh, I'm losing CDC. Don't freaking send the freaking security team in front of the student section before the game's over. I don't care like what insurance that, that does for you. Like that is so dumb. Every time I hate when we do that, you know, that although you get little shirts go wandering over there and like, create what you think is going to be an actual wall but is it yes. actually going to work but uh there were so, there were so many times in that game where i went like i mean okay let's be honest I, both of us were among everybody else and thinking we were going to get our butts kicked so first quarter it was like okay this is kind of like we're just hanging around and the second quarter was like devastating in terms of not having uh quinn and then the third quarter was like okay <laughs> We got a we got a shot. We're not dead here. Yeah. Uh like we got a shot. And then it was just like the up and down of the fourth quarter of maybe yes, no, we're gonna lose. Maybe why'd you leave him a, a minute and a half? Ah, uh, yeah, the and... trip uh Bijan tripping Hudson on that third down was pretty uh, that was that was a pretty unathletic move on our part. But yeah, this the 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 roller coaster that was that fourth quarter. Um Yes, I would it was say holding that, on OV. Like, there are so many plays. We were like, why did you talk about this? Why did you talk about There are so many freaking one person, like one player plays in that game that decided the difference. The fourth down stop where the guy, like, he tripped on his own off center, but, you know, Coburn forced the center back. They're just little things that just you look we back. We barely even I, talked about the safety. I thought, uh, yeah, no, we're, we're going to get there now. I thought the when we made that stop, at fourth down and got the ball back, I felt more confident that we were going to win the game then than when we kicked the field goal. It was like right when the field goal went up and there was a minute 30 left, it was like, oh, damn it. Like, there's no way we're making the stop. Uh, That may just be the pessimistic Longhorn fan in me, but I think a lot of people had that same thought. No one one in that stadium thought that kick was going in. No one. Oh, Auburn's? No one. Oh, yeah, shout out to that kid. Like, what? <laughs> shout out to that kid for losing us and keeping us in the game, winning us the game at the same time. Yeah. I don't what? know how he did it, but he did it. Yeah, no doubt. But let's talk about the penalties. Obviously, that did not make or break the game, but it definitely had an impact. Um, you know, we got to hit the field goal at halftime to win the game, and who knows what other other injuries that could have helped or other clean play by Bama. We definitely got a, a much – a lot of sloppy play from Bama that helped out, but – of all the penalties, I guess let's start, start with the big one, the safety. I mean, there wasn't a – I never – did we – they actually ever call a penalty or enforce yeah. a penalty? No. Right. So, yeah, so the, it was – They called targeting. Then they yeah. switched it to uh, 
roughing the passer. But then they it wasn't anything, right? Because if it was roughing the passer, it would have been automatic first down. Right. Okay. At some point they said roughing the passer over the referees. And I was like, wait, what? And then they were like, no, we're gonna review targeting. (laughs) Which they did, and they said it wasn't. And I just thought about the the berry scene. Wait, what? What what did you say? Little what leads to big what? They said roughing the passer at some point. I don't know when. I refused to like listen to the ref explain that, but they said it at some point. And regardless, listen to the the ref's explanation after the review. No, I refused to. He he said it was, was it Pereira. Wrong. What was it, Mike Pereira? No, 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 no. Like the, the like the lead ref on the field after. Oh, that. the actual ref. Yeah, after review. Blah, 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 yeah, it was not a say. Or blah, 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 everyone cheered, and then he kept going when everyone was cheering. He said. <laughs> It was it was explained improperly to the referee <laughs> what the call was on the field. Like what? I mean, just in the moment, I'm sorry. You can miss that safety call and you can miss the intentional grounding, but you cannot let the crowd noise and the environment like <laughs> lead to laundry on the field like that. That was not targeting or a personal foul. But like, they wiped not. off the target. I get that it's not targeting, but they wiped off the targeting. Like they didn't enforce targeting. No, they didn't enforce anything because it would have been right. a first down. So That's, the the part that I that is the more frustrating is that he couldn't challenge it because they were already reviewing the targeting, the targeting which, call, which is correct. Which is correct. But you can't, you can't review the intentional grounding right. we've all all wanted because it was 50-50 on whether he was down. Let's be honest. Like 50/50. we don't we don't we don't know. I mean, like is a shin down? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't know. So. What what caught my eye, which I didn't see live or while there were replays in the stadium, it the ball actually hit one of our players, so it's not intentional grounding. So when he threw the ball, it went off the shoulder of one of our players. Okay. So imagine that being like a tip on on the line. It was. Yeah. It would not have been. I I think if they would have reviewed intentional grounding. It would not have been because it went off of our sh- of uh, Demarvion's shoulder. Like, okay, yeah. I'm not as frustrated by that. I'm more frustrated the fact that they like let the moment uh, just like lead to laundry on the field. Like that is so bad, yeah. so bad. But with that being the case, if they didn't throw that, they probably would have reviewed it, and then they would have been like, he wasn't down, and it actually hit a player, so it's not intentional grounding. But I don't. Know if they could have done that, so absolutely be there. You yeah, yeah, no, I'm just reliving it, and I'm getting sad again. That that was chaos, though. I mean, th- I've never heard more bad words towards a ref. As, as soon as that, <laughs> shout like, out Sammy Joseph's son Quattro, who was sitting with us and with his sister. He's probably eight. And his sister's like four or five and with Sammy and not their mom. So Sammy's just running back and forth. Dad, I want a soda. Dad, I want to watch. You know, and he's like barely watching the game. So when that happened, big Sammy was in get like getting a soda with the daughter. So we were in charge of watching Quattro, which is another just funny visual that like the six drunk asses like watching this little kid who's watching us yell at the refs and that happens and it kind of settles down and he takes his hat off and he looks at the field and he goes fuck you ref 
I mean, it just, just, uh, you know, DKR is usually pretty implied. We're not a very good fan base or the most knowledgeable fan base anyways, but that was horrible. As soon as that happened, I was like, there, this is going to be such a mess up mess. And then I, I did not made me realize that that was a big 12 ref immediately. Cause I saw his little logo on his shoulder. I was like, wow. Of yeah. Course. Of course. Bam. We were like, Oh, Bama play Big 12, pay Big 12 refs too. It was like, no, but this no. is exhibit 1,448 while we're leaving this fucking conference. That, 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 it just, that moment was horrible. It brought out the worst in me and my father. Uh, but that, it, it reminded me so much of a moment at OU where you want to check Twitter and try to figure out what the heck is actually happening, but you have no service. And you're just like, you feel like I you're on an island. actually decent service the whole game. I don't know how. I think I've, okay, I've now sat and, almost every direction of DKR as it's been, you know, pretty much completed to its current state. I think our, we're section 30. So we're 20 yard line on the East side, Southeast side. I think it is definitely the quietest part, but it's also the breeziest and you get cell service. So, but it's definitely the quietest because you can't hear the band that well and you can't hear the student section that well. Yeah, the band is we, – we've got to – that's bad. You can barely hear it anywhere. I think that's more an aspect of everyone else in the game going nuts, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, no, so that, that – yeah, so very much OU situation. We have no service freaking out. So there's that call, um, the, the passing interference that we already talked about, whatever. I mean, is what it is. Um, but the, the, <laughs> the face mask on Keelan, like – Come Hold on, on Ovi is worse. Yeah, I guess I was going to save that for last. But I just – the hold on Ovi, I think, was a classic, like, oh, my God, in a moment, and they all just kind of had their hands in their pocket, like, why would we got to watch the watch him make this amazing play. But Keelan, like, that was a very slow developing play coming around the outside, and there were two refs at one at the goal line and one behind him that were just staring right at that. Yeah. Like, one of you has to make that call. Another soft call was the Hayden Connor unsportsmanlike conduct. No, that was a flag. That was a flag. That was not a flag, dude. They they called like two or three of those on both sides. So that was not a flag. Then then they should not have called one on like a Alabama receiver hit our our D back later on the game, where I'm pretty sure Bryce Young ran for a first down. But yeah, there's just that was a lot of that going on. Um, God, we're forgetting about one other point by the refs. But whatever. Yeah, I'm not blaming that game on the refs by any means. No, but they, they did not. not. They did not. Help. They just made it more frustrating. They yeah. just made it more like something to talk about. Than well, go, like- go, go! Watch that. I'm, I'm like 99.9 percent sure it hit Demarvion as he was running up there. Yeah. Some, but like, okay, why don't you explain that? You know, like, why doesn't the ref say like it hit the guy? So we can't call intentional grounding. Yeah. I, I, Fucked up. All right, you done talking who, about this who game. made that sack? What? Who made that sack? Devondre. You got to. You got to pull. You got to. You got to finish the play. <laughs> I mean, that was a pretty damn good play. Doesn't matter. Break. Bring him down. I'm more upset about that than the Ryan Watts missed tackle. He also the first half. Bryce took some hits. Yeah, he did some big hits, and he never looked faced. I'll give him that. I was very impressed by him. Not once did he ever look face. In I mean, he had receivers driving the ball, ball, everything. I don't want the Texans to lose games for him, but I was very impressed by his play. 
All right, I'm done talking about this game. Are you done talking about it? Yeah, let's make it a – I mean, it's just uh, we're not going to refer back to that all season. Let's just say that. We'll see you all in Tuscaloosa next year. Okay, uh, UTSA preview real quick. Texas is an 11-point favorite at home. I think the over-under is like 54. UTSA bringing in uh, Jeff Trailer, head coach, who is our former special teams coordinator under Charlie Strong, was a big part. Before we got some really good East Texas recruits, Brandon Jones, Malik, all the like. Um, great coach, hates Texas, is going to have these guys really fired up and amped up. They lost uh, a squeaker overtime against Houston week one. Shout out to Webb. One. Um, a squeaker against army this past week at West point, And they had a bunch of delays. I saw their flight, like didn't get in until like late Friday night. Like they were all, you know, discombobulated or whatever. Um, regardless, good team went 12 and one last year, lost a lot of players, not the same, not this definitely not the same defense as last year. Frank Harris is a returning quarterback. Number zero. He's a lefty. Um, he is a, Great dual threat running back or quarterback. He basically is 75% of their offense. The remaining 25% goes to their top three receivers whose last names are like Williams, Cephas, and something. It's like number four, number 27. I can't remember. But basically that's an entire offense. Offensive line, not that good. Tackles, not good at all. They had one guy who got hurt, I believe, against Army, who was their one decent – I think he was their left tackle – um, and he's not looking like he's going to play this week. So we should be able to get a pass rush without blitzing too much. Need turnovers, need a fumble, get a fumble. Understanding scheme can have something to do with not forcing interceptions. Scheme does not have anything to do with forcing a fumble. Let's get a fumble, sack fumble. Um, their defense, not great. Give up 300 yards to pass, passing yards to Army this past weekend. They're wow. going to try and force whoever's playing quarterback into throwing – Tough passes. I think it's going to be card. It sounds like it's going to be card, but I we'll see a healthy dose of, of Roshan, regardless of who's starting. Um, you know, as a true quarterback. To me, this is this is the perfect game that Texas needs to see what type of team this is. Do you play down to an inferior opponent just because you lost your quarterback and lost a close game at home, or do you go out and roll despite everything that everyone's talking about you, including ourselves? So, right. Uh, Last week convinced me. I'm I'm fully in now. I'll say 45-17 horns. Yeah, I'm surprised by that big. I mean, that's a lot of points by this offense without a uh, healthy backup quarterback. I got uh, faith um, in Bijan, and he got an MRI on Sunday too. By the way. Yeah. So I mean, I, I'm glad to hear that they gave up a lot of yards to Army. That's not typical. Uh, I'm glad to hear that a little little banged up on their side. A lot of banged uh, up. You know, I think this is their Super Bowl, so I'm a little nervous about that. I think this game has kind of had everyone uh, – kind of weirdly caught everyone's attention. Um, uh, I guess even whether we won or lost. Um, like, but It's caught everyone's attention last year when they were playing so well. I was like, oh, yeah, shit. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's concerning. I think it's – like you just said, it's, it's a huge test to the, I guess, like, mental side of our team because we are a much we are a more athletic team than these guys and we just showed it last week that we can play um, with, with the best so how do you translate um, what's likely going to be a pretty bad uh, environment on Saturday night if I had to guess just because I don't think many people are going to travel back to Austin for this game after after last weekend so 
I just think it's going to be a huge test for our team to kind of get up for this. Um, and our team's going to be really jacked up. I do think we run the ball a lot. We still, we hold the ball for probably, I want to hopefully say 37 minutes plus, keep their offense off the field, force a turnover or two. We, we win 30 to 21. Ooh, no cover. Oh. Yeah, so I, I don't like the cover. I just, I just think we got to, like you said, we got to force one turnover, if not two, and just let run the ball, keep the offense on the field, kind of do what we did versus uh, Ula Law last year. All right, games of the week. Not a great slate, uh, unfortunately. OU, Nebraska, 11 a.m. on Fox. Nebraska is plus 11. Scott Frost's era is officially over. Man, like, can you imagine, like, hiring Vince as your head coach and then, like, he just sucks? And then it's like, well, bye. Like, that's that's very awkward. Um, Venables yeah, and like Sooners had a really quiet – no one's talking about this. They did not play well against Kent State. I know it's – they won 33-3, but the line was like 35 or something, and the over-under was 74. So, what? I don't know. Very interesting. Um, yeah, weird weird things have happened in this series. Like, so I remember Scott Frost struggled last year, and they almost beat OU. Not yeah. last year. It was two years ago. I can't remember. No, I think it was last year. Um, you know, you never know. A team could play up with a new coach, new, uh, you know, new leader. So, you never know on this one. I'm I'm gonna take OU. I think they pretty healthy. This offense might be starting off a little slow, but I, I think they've got some decent alignment, and they've always got the running back talent to make uh to make any any run game um, competitive. So I like OU in this one. I'll take the we'll minus say, eleven. Okay, well they're gonna have a cover on the road too. I will say it was nice to like be driving home on Sunday and see that there was a program who was like having more issues than us. <laughs> yeah, that was very well. I mean, and then AM, I mean, that all week, them censoring the freaking yell video is just unbelievable. Like, just chef's kiss, Aggie. Just did you, did you mean censoring or streaming? Censoring. They sense. Did you not see this? Did, you saw the video of the midnight yell where they're calling App State a bunch of whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw okay. that. Then they started censoring it on twitter claiming copyright infringement for everyone that was posting it it got pulled from like several big accounts like the first like whatever you know verified yeah it got pulled from barstool but there was a i forgot who tweeted out first but he's a verified guy and he got dmca which is like twitter's um you know infringement rules it got it pulled Unbelievable. Just incredible. Most Aggie thing of all time. All right. BYU at Oregon, 230 on Fox. Uh, Oregon's minus three. BYU pulled out a big one against Baylor uh, about 1 a.m. on Saturday. I didn't make it to that. I think triple overtime. I did not either. Um, Oregon seems to have gotten over. They're getting worked by Georgia. I I'll take BYU coming off a big home win. They're going to be buzzing. Oregon's not looking like they'll be as good as everyone thought. Yeah, I, I wish I could have stayed up for the BYU game. Um, saw the highlights, reminded me eerily of what we went through up there, but at least Baylor made it a game. Um, yeah, I'll take BYU on the road. Uh, all right, last game that was going to be game day until someone got beat by App State. <laughs> yeah, Miami yeah. at a and 8 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 8 o'clock start on ESPN. A&M is minus 5. Um, this is the only thing that made this week good was – watching just AM crumble do they make a quarterback change i don't think so i think jimbo's gonna have to really change up that offense it's just too antiquated and 
too tough. Four fumbles, two of them being lost, and they 14 points off those two fumbles that they lost. That's the difference in the game right there. Miami has been right on, according to Vegas. They've covered every week, but like right at the number. So I think Aggie bounces back, even though Jimbo, I mean, their season's over, which is just nice to see, frankly. But I'll take I'll take AM on a bounce back. Yeah, I agree. I was actually talking about this with some coworkers today. It's kind of classic of them. They're gonna have a primetime game um that will kind of help save save the image or maybe I don't know if save the season's the right term, but like kind of stop the stop the bleeding. You know, it's kind of a, they're the joke of the country right now in terms of everybody losing to Appalachian State, the the yell leader stuff. This is kind of a big moment for them to be able to turn that around. I think prime time underneath the lights, night game, ESPN at home. Um, they're able to kind of win the game, but draw it up, kind of redefine who who they are because that was absolutely – I watched the probably back half of the third quarter and the fourth quarter. They were horrible. Like I didn't watch like more than ten plays of that game. They looked like they didn't care. It was the weirdest, weirdest thing I've ever seen. Uh, and, I mean, granted, App State ran the ball like 80 times and <laughs> had the ball for like 40 minutes plus. Um, I'm pretty sure it was 42 minutes. But – they, they A&M, when they had the ball, just looked dejected, uh, like pretty much like I did at work on Monday. But <laughs> it was just uh, – it was weird. You know, they were they, – they had many opportunities to go to go win the game, and they just didn't make plays at all. So, I think getting back in prime time, uh, Jimbo kind of recalibrates. I think they get the win. I think they win by three. All right. Pain's over for now. Let's hope there's not any more pain uh, that we're talking about next week because that would really fucking suck. Chaz, Chaz Wright, beer, beer for all Austin High. If you're if you are a hero, please, please, please don't fuck up. We will have a guest again this week. We decided not to have one. We knew we'd be ranting for way too long, and guess what we did? We ranted too long. Okay, talk to y'all next week. Thanks. Bye. Okay.
Little girls, wild and pretty, blonde and blue. You can't. 